Today, I wanted to bring you a very, very special episode, and I was talking with Spirit this week, and I cannot believe what came up. It has been an incredible past two days that I cannot wait to share what happened with you because they did not disappoint at all. I will get into some more of those details during this podcast. But first, the reason why I wanted today to be a very special episode is because I am no longer going to be posting a Friday episode. So the spirit stories that I usually share on Fridays will now just be lumped into one of the Wednesdays episodes. This was determined after talking with one of my podcasting mentors that I have. And basically, you know, we were talking and if I get rid of Fridays, I can better serve you in other ways because I'll be able to create a little more fun things for you. And you know how much I love doing that. So it is with a sad heart that today is going to be the last Friday episode. However, man, we are going out with a bang. I am just kind of speechless over what has happened in the past two days. And it's been really funny because I know that spirit knew this was going to happen all along. And part of me, if I cry a little bit during this podcast or get emotional, you know how I am. I'm very emotional. So Anyways, I wanted to share my transformation story with you actually um, today. However, I started having doubts and spirit was like, hey, don't worry. What is going to come up for you? It's going to come up for you. The perfect idea that we need you to share with your listeners. And I am like, okay, you know, and last night is when I found out some incredible news and I knew exactly. I was like, this is why spirit wanted me to do this. And so what you're going to get out of this episode is the first thing is, is that you're going to be able to reflect on your own life and see why something happened to you. Okay. You might see how your current path wouldn't be the same if things had worked out for you, quote, okay? Second thing is you may feel hope surrounding any medical mysteries that you may experienced or with someone that you know. So a little spoiler alert, this has to do with some of the medical issues that I have been going through. Number three is going to be you will learn that no matter what, don't be hard on yourself, even when things get tough, okay? And it's easy to blame yourself. You really need to try and be gentle with yourself, okay? And I'm going to get more into that during this episode, okay? I do want to start off, though, by giving you a trigger warning, okay? Because I'm going to be talking about my health experience. So definitely use your own discretion, okay? So you can pause this if you want. You can fast forward certain parts and just make sure that you're taking care of you, okay? You know how I talk and I tell stories. I don't hold anything back in the details and things like that. So I want to make sure that you are taken care of and you're going to be okay. All right. I don't think it's going to be too bad, but you just never know. So if things start coming up for you, you can go ahead, take a break. Don't worry. I'm not going to be mad at you. All right. So I'm going to start when I went to the doctors a couple of weeks ago, and you might've heard me talking about this on coffee and cards. And what ended up happening was I had some ear pain and this ear pain has been happening for a while. And it's really funny too, because my husband wants me to lay on his chest as we go to sleep. And I'm like, I can't because my ear hurts way too much. And so I went to my primary care doctor, got some drops, didn't work. He looked in it again, nothing was there. And he was like, you're going to have to go to an ENT. 
Of course, I don't make this appointment. I go ahead and I wait weeks and weeks and weeks. It took me weeks and weeks to get in. And now I'm finally at the ENT. I go into the ENT and he says to me, oh, it looks like your ear problem is caused by your TMJ. And I am like, oh my gosh, TMJ. I'm so sorry if you guys have it, right? Taping your mouth shut can help, but man, it is so hard. If you have any remedies, let me know. Because he sent me back to my TMJ specialist. And then he was like, yes, and I really think that we need to test you for narcolepsy, narcolepsy with cataplexy. And I was like, what? Like, are you serious right now? I am like, I'm coming in for ear pain and you are wanting me to do a sleep study. I'm like, this is insane, right? And I start thinking to myself, like, what did I do to make him think that I had narcolepsy and cataplexy? And what's really crazy is that 10 years ago, when I was going through my seizure ordeal, the doctor said the same thing. Like, oh, we got to give you a sleep study. You got to have narcolepsy and cataplexy. Okay, I walked out of that doctor's office like I was literally in tears. I called up to my sisters crying to them like, wow, it's been 10 years since I started having my seizures and I was having cataplexy attacks and things like that. And now all of a sudden this doctor is going to bring up to me like things that I thought I healed. And then it's like, what kind of healer am I if I can't even heal myself or I think that I'm healed? And now here I am going through the exact same thing again as I did 10 freaking years ago. Now, if you don't know, cataplexy is when you have really strong emotions and then you just kind of like faint, you know what I mean? But you don't really faint, you don't lose consciousness, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like your body just goes by and then just gives out on you for like a couple seconds to two minutes and that kind of thing, okay? So so crazy. And I am really, honestly, I'm beating myself up at this point. It's like, Heather, you didn't do enough. You know what I mean? No doctor is going to say this unless there was a reason, you know, for it. You must have given him some kind of symptoms and that kind of thing for him to test you for this. So anyways, over the course of, you know, the next week or whatever, I make, you know, I have my sleep study scheduled and stuff like that. I'm about to cancel it. But my husband's like, no, 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 Heather, definitely keep it going. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. This is so stupid. It's probably just a greedy doctor trying to get more money out of me and that kind of stuff. Like I am getting out of the medical field, period, right? Like I'm just going to start going to all holistic doctors and stuff like that because this is freaking crazy. Anyways, the day of my sleep study comes and I tell you what, I still have a bad attitude around this. I had done a sleep study back in the day when I had my seizures and now here I am doing it again and I am spending the whole night there, right? So I went to bed, not until like 11 o'clock is when they got all these wires hooked up to me, right? So if you never had a sleep study done, what they do is they take you into this room and it looks like a little hotel room and you have your own bed, you have a chair, sometimes you have a TV, you go ahead and you have your own little bathroom. And what they do is they monitor all of your sleeping, your breathing. This is how sleep apnea gets diagnosed and things like that. So I'm on a lot of freaking wires. And then they also have like speakers in the room so they can hear everything that you're saying just in case you need help. And there's also cameras there. So it's like kind of crazy. Don't worry, there's no cameras in the bathroom. Anyways, so I have to stay there. I get to bed at 11. They wake me up at five o'clock and now I have to stay there until about three o'clock in the afternoon. So it was like, oh my gosh, pulling double shifts, right? Because you're not sleeping very well during those sleep studies because, you know, you have wires hooked up and that kind of thing. And then what they do is for the, it's called the MSLT. 
test and that's what's to test for any other kind of sleeping disorders and so what they do is they woke me up at five o'clock and then every hour and a half they allowed me to sleep for 20 minutes and then basically what they were doing was wanted to see if I could fall asleep within that 20 minute nap time and that if I could actually um, get into REM sleep which is the stage of sleep where you're dreaming okay so Anyways, on Wednesday at 4.30, I actually got the results put into my patient portal. So the doctor did not call me. However, I could see the results in there, and I'm going to be so, so shocked. I was completely dumbfounded by what I saw, and I know you know what it is. According to this study, it looked like I had, without a reasonable doubt, narcolepsy. Not only did I fall asleep in all four naps they gave me, but I also went into REM sleep. My doctor called on Thursday confirming this for me, but what he said, I'm going to tell you. So normal people, they take anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes to fall asleep, right? And this is without medication and all that jazz, been medication free, that kind of thing. However, people with narcolepsy, they need to fall asleep less than eight minutes in order to determine if they have narcolepsy. For me, it takes me apparently two and a half minutes to fall asleep. Now for normal people, it takes about 40 to 50 minutes to get into the REM cycle of sleep. It took me like, I don't even know, I think he said uh, 10 minutes or something like that. So he was like, yes, 100% narcolepsy along with some of the other symptoms that I've been having. So now all of a sudden, once I get this news, I start unraveling my memories and the memories come back of when I was in first grade and I failed. I literally failed the first grade. And the reason why was because I couldn't stay awake. I was falling asleep all the time in class to where, guess what? They failed me. At that same time, I was also developing sleep paralysis. I told you guys before, I started having sleep paralysis around six or seven, and that's when I was in first grade. Sleep paralysis is a sign of narcolepsy. I had no idea. I have done extensive research on sleep paralysis, and nothing has ever come across my radar for narcolepsy. And I'm going to tell you reasons why I feel like that is here soon, but I wanted to get you guys a little bit more of the details. So anyways... I start realizing that with narcolepsy comes cataplexy. And I remember having this when I was having my seizures. So I kind of already told you about it. It's where you have like a rush of a strong emotion and your body just kind of gives out on you. Now this happened to me a lot around the time of having my seizures. In fact, I'm gonna tell you this really funny story. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm telling you guys this because I'm so embarrassed by it, but I have to tell you it. So hopefully you can find the humor in it. Tony and I were walking and we were walking at this mall that's like practically abandoned, okay? There's like no stores open, that kind of stuff. Hey, if you guys are in Michigan area, it was Macomb Mall. And we were at that mall and there was a little Girl Scout trying to sell her cookies. And as we walked past her, she said, oh, do you guys want to buy my cookies? And my husband replied, nope, sorry, we don't eat cookies or whatever he said. And I swear to God, we didn't even get out of this girl's sight at all. We probably walked like three steps, clearly, and we turned around. And as we turned around, the little girl's like, hi, would you like to buy my cookies? And I'm just, 
I don't know why, but this rush of, I don't even know what it was, annoyance or anger, whatever it was, just came through me. And I was like, no, you just asked us. And as I said that, my whole body collapses, right? And I kind of just have no feeling in my body, whatever, for like a good one or two minutes. Security was called and everything. And I am like, oh my God, I just went off on a little girl scout, little cute little girl, you know, and now I am creating a scene, right? Oh my gosh. Like I'm so embarrassed for myself now to give myself a little bit of slack. I was on high doses, dosages of Keppra, which is a seizure medication. Okay. And that can make you have angry outbursts and things like that. So anyways, I had what was called cataplexy attacks, even though the doctor was like, you know, I don't know if that's really cataplexy or not, you know, like I remember a couple times just walking with Tony and all of a sudden like my legs would just give out or whatever and I would just be on the ground. I remember the day I married him holding onto his hands, just praying that I didn't faint again, right? Because I always saw I was fainting even though I didn't lose consciousness. And so uh, it was really crazy knowing that cataplexy is only there if you have narcolepsy. But the thing is, is that my doctor is my neurologist and I worked with three to four neurologists. I worked with many, many doctors around the time I was having my seizures. And the thing was, they all like did their thing and there was no narcolepsy. When I did the sleep study before, there was no narcolepsy at all. So they were like, we don't know what you have. They took me to an epileptic unit. And I spent a whole week coming off of my seizure medication and then them trying to induce a seizure. And then when my seizure did happen, they were like, there was no difference in brain waves and things like that. So we don't know what's causing your seizures. Okay. So anyways, I'm going to hopefully bring this all together for you at the end. Cause there's a lot of things that um, were happening. So anyways, I start thinking about all of this on Wednesday after I read the report and all of a sudden little things started coming back to me and it was like oh my god this stuff all makes sense one of the other tall tale signs of narcolepsy is going to be hallucinations and we're not talking about psychic or mediumship and that kind of thing no these are actually real hallucinations and it was really funny because when I went into the hospital with my seizures um, I was hallucinating but they said that it was from my medication that I had called Ativan. So they thought that Ativan was causing me to hallucinate, even though that's not even one of the symptoms of that drug, but they were like, hey, it might be. And I remember a few times when I was at home um, recovering from my seizures, I remember one time I went to go to sleep and I was like, Tony, can you come in here? And Tony like ran inside the room and I'm like, okay, there's like these black dragons that are just kind of chilling in the corner. You know, can you tell me if this is, you know, real or are they actually there? <laughs> and he was like, nope, they're not real. You know, you're just hallucinating. I'm like, okay, thank you. Right. So it is insane to think that I had all these signs of narcolepsy and was not diagnosed, but then the craziest thing was brought to my attention. And that is going more in depth with cataplexy attacks. When you go into depth with cataplexy attacks and you are having severe cataplexy attacks, they often get mistaken for a seizure. Oftentimes people with narcolepsy and cataplexy, right? That's type one narcolepsy, it has a cataplexy attacks. 
you are often diagnosed with like some kind of seizure disorder. When I found this out, I began crying because I was like, there is no freaking way. Oh my God. Did I just find out the answers of what, what caused my seizures? There's no way. And then it's like all of a sudden, all of these little pieces started falling into place. Like, for example, Tony was like, oh, my God, I really feel like, you know, I caused your seizures because you weren't getting enough sleep. And I'm like, I know it was just my body was really stressed out. And then the lack of sleep is what really put me over the edge, you know, because I was thinking that I had like a mental breakdown. Right. Because everything in my life had fallen apart a few months prior and now all of a sudden you know what I mean I'm getting you know up in life you know what I mean I'm feeling a little bit better and now all of a sudden these seizures hit me because I felt like my mindset allowed it like my body was like okay you're safe now Heather and I still believe that happened all for a reason and stuff like that and we'll get into that but the thing is is that I was having so much fun with him that I wasn't sleeping well at all to where it really started impacting my work and this is before I had the seizures and I remember like you guys I would be at my child care center okay and a parent would call up I remember one time they called up at nap time and they were like oh yeah how's my baby doing and I was like oh they're doing good they're just sleeping and then all of a sudden I look around the room at the cots and I realized that their kid is not in this room and I immediately you know with the parent on the phone I say where is he where did he go like he's not in here and then I go on the phone and I'm like we'll call you back and then I hung up the phone because I totally forgot that one of the teachers took them into another classroom for nap time so I was totally losing my mind from the sleep and so me and Tony had this inside joke like okay we got to get you to sleep more right well, what ended up happening was the day of my seizures, I'm not sure if I felt tired or not. We'll get into that in, in a minute. But what ended up happening was I didn't feel good and I felt sick. And I think I started having cataplexies attack where I just like, you know, go down, right? Just go down, no rhyme or reason and that kind of stuff. So they had to get me out of the classroom. And then what they did was they put me in a chair and they called up Tony. Tony was my boyfriend at the time. And, you know, I felt like he could come pick me up and that kind of thing. So as I sat in the chair waiting for him to pick me up, I was talking to my director and she was like, oh, you know, I hope that you're okay and things like that. And then I started getting very, very overwhelmed, right? And I was like feeling very guilty for having to leave work, having to, you know, have Tony come get me and all these things. And so all my emotions are just growing stronger and stronger and stronger, which does what? That's what brings on cataplexy attacks. So all of a sudden I start like twitching, right? And I didn't know this at the time, but that's a sign of cataplexy. And then my, my director was like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to do something if you keep on twitching like that. And that freaked me out a little bit more because I couldn't stop the twitching. And that's when I went ahead and my vision went black and I fell to the ground and I started convulsing into my seizure, right? And I remember hearing that word, you know, someone screaming at me in my mind saying enough and that is so true this is in my book anxiety to angels okay so anyways the one thing I didn't know at the time that my doctor did not tell me 10 years ago was there is one giant giant difference between seizures like true either epileptic or non-epileptic seizures and cataplexy and that big tall tale sign is when you have cataplexy attacks, you actually remember 
everything that happened. You do not lose consciousness. And that day, I did not lose consciousness. I talk about it. I've talked about it before. When I went down and I hit the ground, I can tell you everything that happened. I can tell you what everybody was doing around me. I could not control my body. So it wasn't like seizure um, movement that I was going through, like the grand mall, like I thought it was. What it is is severe twitching that is going on in your in your body, right? Because your body is overwhelmed, it's stressed, whatever. And my mind was blown, blown when I read this. I just, oh my gosh, I can't even, I can't even think about, wow. I, I don't know if you guys are shocked as I am. If you guys know my story and that kind of thing, this is crazy. So now before I keep on going on, I want to talk about, you know, why the doctor didn't tell me this, right? So that's what you might be thinking. Like, wow, Heather, you had some horrible doctors and that kind of thing. Like, how do they not tell you? This is clearly narcolepsy with cataplexy. And the thing is, is that I had a look at that last night and I am like, wow, I got chills. Think about it this way and think about something in your own life maybe that you went through as I talk about this. And that is, if I wouldn't, have went through everything that I did, I wouldn't be where I am now. Because having those seizures and the doctors not knowing what happened changed my life. Because I only went to that medium, right, who connected with my grandmother and told me about the angels was because I was all out of options. No doctors knew what in the world what was wrong with me. And then I needed to get better. Remember, every time you have a seizure, you can't drive for six months. So even though it wasn't technically a seizure, I didn't know that back then, right? I didn't know that until yesterday. And so what I had to do was find remedies to decrease my stress, to make myself healthier, to make myself better. So that's why I started meditating. That's why I meditated with the monks, right? Is because I felt like it was stress induced. That is the reason why that I went ahead and did everything, started reading the books, you know what I mean? Going down the spiritual path of enlightenment and things like that. I literally, without question, I have no idea how or what would have happened if that didn't happen. If I would have done that sleep study 10 years ago and they said, yep, without a doubt, you have narcolepsy and cataplexy, they would have put me on medication and bam, I would have had my answer. And then what? And then what? How would I have become the psychic medium? How would I become the spiritual teacher and things like that? How would I have learned everything? It would have to have been a different scenario maybe. But the thing is, is that I was curious about the psychic realm at the time. I was more scared of it than ever, than anything, right? But I wasn't really invested. I wasn't really that intrigued by it. I didn't become intrigued by it until I started going down my spiritual path and started reading, you know, books on it and things like that. I was like nowhere near their paranormal realm when my seizures started. You can ask people that know me. I, I, okay, I know I had like, a deck of tarot cards when I was younger and I understand about how my stepfather was that way, you know, and he was that sorcerer and that kind of thing. But that did not really shape me. It didn't really, I never thought about psychic and mediumship that way. It just made me think like it was magic, you know, and some people do magic and they don't know what they're doing and that kind of stuff. And I just don't want to have anything to do with it. You know, so that's what I felt when I left that world when I was a teenager. So I just want you to think about some things like, 
what would you have been doing, you know, or wouldn't have done with some memory that's coming up for you right now? Because I literally cannot see how I would be who I am and where I am right now if I didn't go through that bullshit. So if anything has come up for you, any kind of memory, I really want you to think about it and be like, wow, where would I have been if that didn't happen? If like there was an easier road, because I'm, I'm serious guys. I do not think that I would be here. You know, there might've been some other way maybe, but no, I would not really be here. Like I can't even think about that. So when I am trying to bring this all in, right, and absorb my new diagnosis, right, which I am really happy about, to be honest, it's always good when you find a reason for something, okay? However, look at this, it took me 10 years to get an answer. And that's the thing is that sometimes you're not always going to have that answer. I was very, very close not to having it. I almost canceled that sleep study. I almost didn't listen to my husband. I almost, man, it took me like two years to go to the doctor about my ear. Okay. So you may not always have the answers, but the thing is we really have to trust the process because look at this. This is so incredibly, I don't know, crazy. It is just black and white. Like Heather, you had to go through this in order to be the person that you are right now. And like nothing to me has been clearer. And yesterday I was, I was crying and I cried and I was like, Oh my God, when I went into that doctor's office and I left crying, thinking Heather, you didn't get anywhere in the last 10 years. And now here you are in the same exact spot. I was wrong. The thing is, is that spirit has given me an incredible gift. And that gift is closure. They gave me the closure. Think about this though. I would not have written Anxiety to Angels. That book wouldn't exist if I would have found out about this diagnosis sooner. Remember, Anxiety to Angels was published in 2019. I waited two years to get my ears checked. Isn't that crazy? So they gave me a little bit of time and they're like, okay, she learned everything. She did everything. She checked the boxes of everything we needed her to do and to share with other people. And now we're going to give her that closure. We're going to give her some insight. And now my whole life and my perspective has changed. And so one more thing that I wanted to talk to you about, okay, is being easy on yourself. Remember I talked about that? And that is one thing that I really got out of this diagnosis is when I look back on myself and I cried because of how mean that I was to myself because I had inconvenienced so many people around me, okay? So many people around me, especially Tony, right? But no, I had to be pulled away by ambulance from at least three to four places that I worked at from cataplexy attacks and seizures, okay? Like my poor husband started a new job and like for the first year and a half at least of his life there was, hey, Heather, um, Heather's in the ER getting rushed to the hospital and stuff like that. My poor man lived on freaking cortisol levels, you know what I mean? Wondering what the hell was going to happen to me because get this, that day that I had that first seizure, Right. I we had called him up saying Heather doesn't feel good. You know, what he walked into he walked into me convulsing on the floor with paramedics standing over me. So I feel so bad and I beat myself up at the time. And then when doctors couldn't find anything wrong with me, I beat myself up more. And then especially if they're saying it's something like stress induced and stuff like that, because then you're thinking, OK, this is truly my fault. 
You know what I mean? I've had freaking nurses hold down my legs and saying she's moving them. You know, there's nothing going on, you know, in her brain waves. And then that made me feel even more guilty because I knew that I wasn't doing that. I knew it. So if you have a medical mystery illness, you know what I mean? And doctors don't know what in the world it is, right? Let yourself off of the hook. There might be several things going on. You might have to, you know, go through the crap like I did. You never know. And maybe one day you will get closure. Maybe it's something that medical science hasn't, you know, put a label on yet. Okay. But you have to be better to yourself because I was so mad at myself and I was so mean to myself. And I was just like, I don't know, hurting myself even more. Like I remember another time where I started having a seizure as I was going to sleep. And I remember Tony put his knee, he kneeled next to me and he was like, please go to the hospital, please go to the hospital. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, how an inconvenient person I am. How come I'm having this problem? Because now look, instead of going to sleep and maybe cuddling and stuff like that, because guess what? We were newlyweds at that point, right? Because we got married because of all of my medical issues. We're just driving up so many medical bills. And so now it's like, here I am living this life. And now guess what? That's a sign of freaking cataplexy attack. If you're having a seizure as you are, you know, going to bed or waking up. You know, and a part of me wants to be mad at my doctor still. You know what I mean? Like, how come you didn't push this? But the thing is, is that she was guided not to push this. She was guided somehow to overlook very clearly a clear diagnosis of narcolepsy with cataplexy. And I wonder if it's because spirit blinded her. All this time that I've been going through Dr. Google and going down rabbit holes for health issues and things like that. Never, ever did I see articles that correlate any of the two. I can see them now. They're all over the place. Why was that hidden from me before? It is because it's not meant to be seen. It is because spirit, it's like, hey, it's not meant to be seen right now. You have to wait. Because if, let's say, even five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, that I actually seen that, and I see, oh my gosh, you know, this kind of thing. Maybe I'll go in for a sleep study, right? Bam. Anxiety angels wouldn't have been written. All right? It's so incredibly crazy. And just in case this helps anyone else, the thing is, is that I have never been the classic, typical narcoleptic, if you will. And that is because I'm realizing now that I have a very not healthy relationship regarding naps during the day. And that actually stemmed from when I failed the first grade for sleeping. I was like made fun of. I was told that I was lazy. I was given so much backlash and negativity. And then even growing up, you know, I was taught that people who take naps are lazy and that kind of thing. So I always push the sleepiness aside. Okay. Maybe dope myself up with caffeine, you know, just keep on pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and that kind of thing. And so I want you to take that with you just in case if you have any kinds of trauma, challenges, things that you went through that could be suppressing one of the symptoms of maybe a medical issue that you have or making a sleep study or some kind of exam or test a doctor is going to do, um, go ahead and make it like not work. So basically what I'm talking about is, you know, the sleep study that I had before, I didn't fall asleep. 
and I didn't have REM sleep during the narcolepsy test. And the reason why is because I didn't feel comfortable sleeping in areas I don't know with people around me because I hadn't healed from my trauma yet. I haven't worked through some of those issues. And I had a lot of those issues from things that happened, you know, in my life growing up and things like that. So I just want to, you know, put that little tidbit in there um, for you. Okay. Okay. Now we've been talking a lot about science, modern medicine, you know, going ahead and talking about like Western medicine, that kind of thing. And I know that all of us are like, wait a second, wait a second, the spiritual, the spiritual, the spiritual. Well, first off, I am not the healer, if you will, that will go ahead and say, okay, everything is spiritual and everything has a spiritual meaning. I think I made it clear with my own health things that that's not always the case, okay? There's also physical reasons why things happen. They might have a spiritual meaning, they may not. An example I'd love to give is my elbows, because as you know, I have cubital tunnel and I had to have surgery on one of my elbows. And then you can go ahead and look in Louise Hay's um, reference book, Heal Your Body, and you can see what ailment that you are suffering from, and then you can see the spiritual reason why you are suffering from it, okay? Because she did extensive work on this um, before she wrote the book, and she compiled this list. And so cubital tunnel, I forget what it is, but it's something around not having flexibility and things like that. And even though that is probably true, the truth is also that I was getting into kickboxing, and I was getting tired with my legs and my hands hurt to punch the punching bag, if you will. So I used my elbows and then I was using my elbows all the time, like a lot to where I had bruises all over my elbows. And even though spirit told me to stop, I didn't. And I kept on doing that. And what I ended up doing was I created a physical reaction in my body and that was suppressing my ulnar nerve. Okay. So there's also going to be sometimes physical reasons why you are suffering the way you are. So for example, if you're smoking, right, you're going to have a physical reaction to smoking, okay? Now you can go ahead and look into the spiritual reason why you are smoking. And then you can also figure out like, okay, what kind of things are you suppressing or trying to deal with by smoking? So let's get into that a little bit with narcolepsy. Now, I had just gotten my diagnosis, okay? I've only done a little bit of research. I'm going to continue some more. Don't worry, the book, Anxiety to Angels, is going to be updated with some of this new information. However, it does talk about, with narcolepsy, the spiritual reason is because, you know, basically, you don't want to be here anymore. Like, you don't want to be here in the physical realm. And if you think, it's so funny because back when I was having my seizures and the narcolepsy got really, really bad, that is basically my life because I had just lost my grandmother and there was so much going on in my life. No, I would never have done anything stupid and left this earth on my own accord. That's not true. But the thing is, maybe on a subconscious level, I was like, you know what? This is BS. You know what I mean? I don't even want to be here anymore. And now, even though I don't feel that way anymore, I still am so connected with the divine, with spirit, with spiritual stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, if I die tomorrow, I would be okay. You know what I mean? Because I know everything is fine. Do I want to live my life? Do I want to be here for my husband and my son and all that jazz? Yes, I do. Do I feel like um, I still have more time left? Totally do. Is there more things I want to do? 1000% sure. Do I want to go tomorrow? No, I don't. Right. But the thing is, is that I'm completely content. You know what I mean? So if something happens to me, know that, hey, I'm okay. I'm going to be cheering you on and helping you guys on the other side. So 
that is a spiritual reason behind narcolepsy. And then I'm really getting into some more of the weeds where it talks about what you were exposed to um, before the narcolepsy happened. And apparently, according to some theorists and some other, you know, psychologists or whatever, it's a perfect storm of having something that's along the lines of like the flu. And then at the same time, you had to have start having sleep issues and all this stuff. And it has to like kind of be created. And it's actually an autoimmune disorder. And there, there's something up with your brain not getting that chemical. So I just wanted to give you um, a little bit of that insight as well, because I thought that was kind of interesting. And it was really interesting, too, that I was very sick when I was a child, like very sick in, when I was a baby and things like that. Like, I think that my mom didn't think I was going to make it. I spent my first Christmas in the hospital and all this jazz. So it would be definitely, you know, stereotypical, I guess, that I would get narcolepsy at such a young age usually doesn't start until 10 but I was six to seven years old when it started all right before you go I want to make sure that you are getting some of these takeaways okay so the first thing is is that I really want you if you take one thing away from this show that you've listened to right now is to honor yourself, your feelings, what you are going through, whether or not you have a diagnosis now, or you will ever have a diagnosis. Okay. Allow yourself to feel without feeling guilt or shame. Okay. Nothing is your fault. Okay. Maybe one day you'll find out what it is, or maybe one day you'll never find out, but just try to keep faith that things are happening for you and not to you. I know it sounds kind of crazy too, but trust the soul contract that you signed, okay? Trust your guides, your past loved ones, and your angels, and definitely trust in your higher power, okay? You never know what's going to happen. And think about this. I almost didn't get my closure because I almost didn't go to the to the ear doctor, and it was really, really funny too because all of a sudden, all these doctors were talking to me about sleep studies, and I thought they were cracks. Like, I went in to get some help for my ADD, and they were like, oh, yeah, they're like, um, sleep study. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're freaking weirdo, right? Come to find out, the focus problems that I have are also a sign of narcolepsy. So crazy, okay? So that's why the first and the only thing I want you to take away from yourself is honor yourself. Honor everything, every single day. Forgive yourself if you have felt some of the same ways that I felt and I was treating myself, okay? Forgive yourself. Even if you don't have answers right now, maybe one day you will. But hey, if you are having any kind of medical issue, your body is trying to tell you something. So maybe one day you'll figure it out. Maybe you just have to work with it every single day, right? But just be nice and be gentle to yourself, okay? So the other thing that I want you to talk to you about, though, is making sure that you're just trusting the process overall in your life. OK, so the first one was really talking about honoring yourself, but this one's really talking about trusting yourself. I really, really want you to do that because, man, it life can be crazy. Right. The other thing is I just kind of want you to look back on maybe the memories that came up as I was talking, you know, in your own mind and see like, hey you know, would this or this or this happen if that wouldn't have happened? Like a part of me is like, would I have even married Tony if this would have happened? You know what I mean? Because I wasn't really looking to get married at the time. So would you have met the person that you're with? Would you have gone through this? Would you have gotten this job? Would you have moved here? And I think that's a lot of fun because it also helps you see that you are exactly right where you need to be. And I think that's a perfect way to leave off. I will see you on Sunday. Sunday.